From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Happy Friday. We've made it to the end of the week. Uh, the next two hours, you'll be with me on the Herboy Morich Show. We got Jose Nino coming up, Venezuelan American, uh, and uh, my first time having on Dr. Li Meng Yan to talk COVID-1984, its po- possible return, according to the official narrative, uh, China and uh, what not. As always, you're free to call in and ask any my uh, any of my guests a question. Um, so what, what's on the news? What's for dinner uh, tonight? And somebody, a few folks have brought out this story from June 2012, a BBC titled, Tony Blair, ID cards needed to tackle illegal migrants. How about that? XPM Tony Blair says he still believes ID cards are the only way of dealing with illegal immigration. Uh, of course, that was 2012. Those ID cards today are dig- is, is digital ID. And uh, Majid Nawaz, among others, he, he says, globalist surrog- surrogates pretending to be right- populist right-wing influencers against Muslims and immigration are leading you into a trap. It was these very same globalists who opened our borders as part of their plan after invading multiple countries in your name. And of course, so it's the same false flag formula. They're creating the problem intentionally because they have a solution that they want for us so you know they got the solution which is you know dystopia uh and then they figure out okay what problems can we create to to get where we want to go so we want this algorithm ghetto how do we get it flight in illegal migrants um get rid of law and order you know these smash and grab shopping sprees that we're seeing all over the place and the solution is going to be the algorithm ghetto and we're already seeing signs uh, of that just checking biometric update today eu says other countries should accept biometrics and video to increase deportations right your european commission wants to deport more people in less time and is pushing for a solution that leverages biometrics Uh, video conferencing for identification of course along with that comes digital id and what not also switzerland after a private initiative to establish a digital identity was shot down by voters in 2021 switzerland is opting for a new state-run digital identity which could be launched launched as early as 2026 so by hook or by crook you're gonna get it you know they have referendums you don't want it we're gonna keep coming back until until you say uncle. You know, in, in Croatia, I remember this during the 2000s. They keep running these manipulated referendums. Everyone says no, we don't want to join EU. No, we don't want to do it. They do another referendum, mess with um, you know the polls, manipulate the media until um, they can say that hey, Croatians want to join the EU, or hey, the Swiss. Uh, want a digital ID and if you even if you don't want it too bad you're gonna uh, get it so that's going on in in Switzerland and even 
Even after you're dead, you can't escape the algorithm ghetto. In Pakistan, biometrics ID the living and the dead in Pakistan from family registration to the morgue. So they're scanning dead bodies now uh, to check to check them in the digital ID system. So that's some of that news. Uh, German Bild is reporting that Chancellor Scholz and U.S. President Biden want to bring the R Russia-Ukraine war to an end soon. New secret plan for Ukraine, but Zelensky should be forced in a very specific way to negotiate with Putin and accept brutal compromises. So that's where we're at now. What a lot of people have been talking about for the longest time is uh, coming true. Uh, also, Russia moves its doomsday missile closer to Europe. In the move designed to flex its nu nuclear muscle, Russia has redeployed its Yars ICBM closer to Europe. Uh, it's been moved to Kozalisk military base in the western part of Russia, 1,500 kilometers from Moscow, 2,400 kilometers from London. It can hit London in less than five minutes. How do you like them? Apples. And Israel-Palestine uh, war, some hostages were freed, so some good news. That's breaking uh, news. I haven't had time to really catch up with that. And also reports that U.S. guns may already be arming West Bank settlers, a former official warns. Um, so U.S. guns are all over the place, from Mexico to Israel. And... Yeah, and some other interesting news. Eliminating the central bank is non-negotiable, uh, says uh, Argentina's Millet. Uh, they just uh, put out a, a statement, uh, his office, and is saying uh, it might take between, um, uh, what, up to two, two uh, years to de decrease inflation, but they, they, they're saying they want to get rid of the central bank. So... It's going to be fun times in Argentina. Just talking to a friend here in Mexico who was just in Argentina. In fact, he was at the airport as they announced uh, Millet becoming president and said everybody in the airport in Argentina was cheering uh, for Millet becoming uh, president. So, uh, and I'll, I'll be getting my friend, uh, my here, my friend here in Mexico on the program as well to talk um, about Argentina, Latin America, and Mexico. All right, uh, a reminder that. If you've got suggestions, please talk to us. For, for possible guests or hosts you want to hear or topics you feel we should discuss, we'd love to hear from you. Fill out the suggestion form over at tntradio.live. You can also uh, message any individual presenter, uh, myself or others. Uh, just go to our contact form and fill, fill it, throw in a comment or, or question or suggestion. Uh, we're super happy to get your uh, comments. And so help us make a difference on TNT Radio. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. According to a recent study, a nutrient found in dairy and meat products shows the potential to kill cancer cells and could boost clinical treatments for the illness. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. I dare say this explains a lot. Yeah, because there seems to be a war against like good things like whole milk and eating beef. Am I right? So what if it cures cancer? What if it's actually good for you? 
Well, the powers that be would easily want to squash that and take that away from us. So this is fascinating. Uh, the study was actually published this Wednesday in the Nature Journal, and it analyzed 235 bioactive molecules found in food. It looked for compounds capable of activating a group of immune cells called CD8 plus T, known to kill cancerous or virally infected cells. Researchers found that transvaccinic acid, TVA, improved the ability of CD8 plus T cells to infiltrate tumors and potentially kill cancer cells. TVA is a long-chain fatty acid found in meat and dairy products from grazing animals like cows and sheep. In addition, cancer patients with higher TVA levels circulating in the blood were also found to respond better to immunotherapy. This suggested that TVA could potentially be used as, quote, a nutritional supplement to complement clinical treatments for cancer, end quote. That's according to a November 22nd press release from the University of Chicago, where the study was conducted. In the human body, only 20% of the TVA is broken down into other by byproducts, while the remaining 88, I'm sorry, 80% circulates in the blood. I know math. Uh, the researchers experimented with TVA on mice. They fed mice with a diet rich in TVA and found that it, quote, significantly reduced the tumor growth potential of melanoma and colon cancer cells compared to mice fed a control diet, end quote. Moreover, the TVA diet also boosted the ability of CD8 plus T cells in mice to infiltrate tumors. In their analysis, the researchers found that TVA works by inactivating a receptor on the surface of CD8 plus T, eventually activating a cellular signaling process involved in functions like cellular growth, survival, and differentiation. Mice that had the receptors of CD8 plus T cells removed were found to lack improved tumor fighting ability. Ah, uh, science. The team also analyzed leukemia cells and found that TVA, quote, enhanced the ability of an immunotherapy drug to kill leukemia cells, end quote. Uh, Jing Chen, one of the senior authors of the study, said, quote, to see that a single nutrient like TVA has a very targeted mechanism on a targeted immune cell type with a very profound physiological response at the whole organism level, I find that really amazing and intriguing, end quote. The work was supported by grants from the National Institutes of Health, NIH, in its quote-unquote ethics declarations. The study states that Mr. Chen has patents pending on TVA and TVA derivatives. Uh, so the study apparently did raise the possibility of using TVA as a dietary supplement in cancer treatments. However, Mr. Chen warned against focusing too much on the food source he stated that since there is evidence that consuming too much red meat or dairy can be detrimental, ah, there it is, the study should not be taken as an excuse to consume more pizza or cheeseburgers. So there you have it, Herbori. Um, it's good for you, but don't overdo it, I guess, is what the lead author is saying. I, I mean, you know, with, with a lot of things, that's the case. I remember uh, a, a fascinating documentary I watched years ago about staring into the sun. Um, and you know the sun is good again the system whatever the system tells us do the opposite you know sunscreen i never use it 
gives you cancer and all that stuff hey this is not medical advice but um you know getting the right amount of sun without sunscreen we need that we need vitamin d the system says no no, no hide from the sun sun is bad sunscreen uh but you know get sun uh, but then you can go to the other extreme there was this guy in this documentary for, i forget the name but uh, you know and, and they say that uh, vitamin d enters through uh the, the eyes uh um stuff like that so this guy would stare at the sun and he would say uh i i don't need to eat uh, and he, he'd be staring at the sun like all day not eating um and then eventually i think it, that it damaged his eyesight uh and he had all sorts of other problems so <laughs> you go to the other extreme you probably don't want to just have a diet of milk and um steak uh either although i've been eating steak yesterday and today but um uh yeah that's probably why they want us to get um to eat bugs only and and get off the the, the milk and you know they're, they're promoting all these milk alternatives right ruckus like uh soy soy milk almond milk um now now they're outright selling this fake milk like not milk I think that's the actual name of the I've seen it in some supermarkets like this is not milk well why not just sell some other liquid and not even call it milk you know if you want to drink milk drink milk if you want to drink some strange concoction from Bill Gates Gates lab uh then do that so uh yeah this is interesting info and you know dairy especially raw dairy I think is good I'm, I'm gonna have to get some health experts back on the program it's been a while since I've had some health experts and scientists but I think I'm going to look into that your further thoughts uh Ruckus are you going to be uh this weekend you're going to be drinking uh a lot of milk and uh eating steak or what oh to the best of my ability you betcha but I'm not going to overdo it of, of course um you know you don't want to mess with the the uh the, the dairy lobbyists that 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 group they don't mess around uh man you know that they basically sued um you know how there's this popular uh, thing that they label as or call almond milk, right? Clearly, it's not milk, but the, the dairy farmers all got together and tried to sue the makers of uh, almond milk and grocery store chains for labeling it as milk uh, because they took offense to it because it cuts into their business when it's uh, misleading. Um, I don't know what you would call it, almond creamy juice i mean what the heck <laughs> so, but i like your right what you mentioned there it's something called not milk i think that's catchy i'm like you know <laughs> where did you get some milk at the store no i got not milk instead oh oh darn okay uh, i wanted the good stuff that'll help me fight cancer i suppose but yeah uh, definitely i think there might be something to this theory i mean that all they don't want us the proverbial they the the elites or whatever don't want us having the good stuff and the stuff that they push on us is clearly not good for us almond uh liquid <laughs> i don't know uh but you know go back you know weston price foundation uh, organizations like that doing amazing work i mean i remember i, I think it was weston price who went to a place i think it was like switzerland or areas where there were people you know living quote uh, um outside of civilization and none of them had um cavities or anything anything of that sort they're like perfect teeth because they were consuming you know raw butter and dairy and raw milk uh and all this you know not processed foods and hey you know I lived in Mongolia and over there was the the, the primary diet there's dairy and meat uh you know because you're living in the in the desert there's no like can't grow vegetables really you know we had access to, like potatoes and carrots and onions and then everything else is like meat and dairy and then a cheese and all sorts of stuff and um it was, it was a good diet I, I enjoyed the Mongolian 
cuisine. All right, um, Rakes, we'll, we'll catch, catch up with, with you in a bit. We got Jose Nino coming up. Phone lines are open. Be right back. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Homeland Security was built with an emphasis of protecting this country. What it's turned into under the Obama years is the targets of terrorists coming into the U.S. after 9-11 were switched. The targets now are the good American people. Anybody that's God-loving or if you go to a school board and you happen to say, hey, I don't want my kids being pushed pornography in the school. This stuff's being pushed on our children and people that went to these school boards and said something they're being targeted by this government this obama the biden government same with the catholic church people that have gone to these uh, abortion clinics and prayed they have been targeted one individual uh, had a, a large family one morning on a saturday morning they attacked his house uh, the fbi and police scammed knocked down his door parted him away and his, his crime was that he was praying at abortion clinics basically that's who's being targeted by this biden obama regime joe hoft on tnt radio Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Returning to the rebel transmission is Jose Nino, purveyor of contrarian political insights, freelance writer. He's got a podcast as well. Uh, Find him on Substack at Jose Nino Unfiltered. He just dropped two hours ago an interview with uh he did with George Smazuli who's who's Sam Welly, who's who's fantastic he's also on Twitter x at Jose A.L. Nino uh what's happening Jose I'm actually chilling in Dallas with my dad I was visiting for Thanksgiving and yeah just taking a, a bit of a mini break if you will yeah very cool and you know i i didn't think i was gonna have any turkey this year given that i'm in mexico and we don't celebrate thanksgiving but i had some turkey uh today because i was hanging out with some gringos here in mexico some who are uh, looking to escape the united soviet states of uh america so interesting times and um i'm you know just to get your thoughts maybe jose any thoughts on JFK? Because uh, a couple days ago was the 60th anniversary of uh, our government assassinating our own president, to put it forthrightly, you know, very bluntly. Uh, uh, do you have any thoughts on on JFK? Um, yeah, I think that now it's become clear <clears throat> due to alternative media and all that jazz that. <clears throat> The official narrative regarding JFK's assassination is no longer being taken seriously by um, most people in the um, in the like political know, if you will. And yeah, I think that unfortunately, because of the fact that th- that assassination took place like such a long time ago, people aren't um, as willing to act out and get to the uh, bottom of what really happened, but it does like serve as a reminder 
that um, the U.S. government isn't this like goody two shoes type of entity. It's very much a pernicious entity that's run by a lot of competing factions that oftentimes work against uh, certain presidents and all of that. And um, I think it's very important that we maintain that same type of mindset when it comes to figuring out what happened with JFK to like other big current events of our time so they don't go, fall by the wayside. Because I've, unfortunately, that's what I feel has happened with the 9-11 truth movement. And we don't need that to happen again. I, in some ways, I feel like it's it's the Soviet Union where a lot of Russians uh, you know, living in Soviet Union times they knew that the government was totalitarian uh that you know pravda the newspaper lied you, you just believe the opposite of whatever the government tells you but um you're just sort of in a way demoralized you, you can't do anything about it it's like that's just how things are and it feels like it, it feels like we're sort of something similar is happening in the u.s where a lot of people are coming to realize well our government whacked the president um they did operation covid they did 9 11 and it's just like we can't really do anything about it it's, it's you know it's kind of like what what happens in totalitarian states hopefully you know we're we're trying to change that it's very difficult um but hey you got to try um a, a lot is going on jose maybe to get your thoughts on where we're at uh, i did see just i guess hours ago you know hamas released some hostage hostages a few dozen hostages so that's at least some good news no for for this friday yeah th that just goes to show that um there is i think a growing realization that this conflict is likely going to turn into a quagmire and there needs to be like some form of de-escalation hopefully this leads to more of that but i have a bad feeling that there's gonna um very bad actors will have their way and try to prolong this conflict as much as possible uh, you know it's no one can predict the future where this crossroads and as you say things things could sort of slow down and you know a quagmire would i i would read that your use of the phrase quagmire kind of like ukraine where you sort of get this war of attrition where things are moving at a lower level and in fact i don't know if you saw this but i was mentioning earlier uh, there are reports now in german media that uh, german chancellor schultz and biden wants to bring an end to the ukraine war you know the the uh, what's been obvious to many is is now uh you know being repeated at the official level that you know the west can't support the ukraine anymore it's almost like they accomplished whatever agenda that they had with ukraine and now they're going to move on maybe to focus more on the Middle East or um, Asia. What, what do you make of these reports that uh, Schultz and Biden are saying, hey, let, let's let's try to get Zelensky to have peace talks with Putin? Uh, yeah, I agree with that assessment that I think the West has already extracted whatever benefits it could reap from this conflict, especially specifically the US. I wouldn't say the West. Because I do think that Europe is a loser in this conflict due to how it's been cut off from Russia, which has provided them with cheap energy and whatnot. And um, I think there's like a dawning realization that with a Middle Eastern conflict kicking off and the U.S.'s next challenge of confronting China, that putting more research resources towards Ukraine could really bring about 
um, a certain degree of imperial overstretch that I think that most um, U.S. policymakers would not tolerate. Yeah, I think you put it well. The biggest loser is 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 Europe. You know, most definitely. Still, for as much as people say America is is in decline, I talk to a lot of people, you know, on air and off where, and they tend to say America is still still strong, can still go um, forward, and Europe doesn't seem so. And then other power centers seem to be China, right? Economically, militarily, Russia. Uh, and and other poles in this multipolar um, world, and you know, in the past, I've talked 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 to European intellectuals like Terry Mason of Voltaire Network and Guy Matan, Swiss journalist, on my podcast. And just as you said, that they're all saying the same thing: that Europe is the loser. Germany is being reported recently now, nonstop. The German um, financial sector sector is collapsing. The the, the banks are having issues. Um, so it's not looking good, and I fear, uh, you know, it, it could lead to chain chain reaction. No, uh, Jose, if something goes down in Europe, uh, it could affect uh, us in America. No. Yes, um, I think that. <clears throat> well, yeah, on the energy front, the most obvious uh, case. Um, I do believe as well that. <clears throat> Depending how the U.S. exits this conflict in Ukraine, um, you could see potential um, Ukrainian terrorists from, say, Azov or any of those right hard right wing groups who will like proclaims that like the West stabbed them in the back at the end of the day when they decided to stop sending military aid, and they could have a lot of uh, disgruntled expats that come over like the u.s and canada and try to perpetuate terror attacks against like the u.s uh because of like the grievances they have with the u.s i could envision something like that happening too because the u.s does create a lot of enemies through its uh intervention abroad i i think i mean that gels with some of my guests that i've had on like ken silva of headlinesusa.com um where you you've got you know the, the american government creating basically domestic terror and a lot of these guys that they've supported out there as you say they can uh, either they could they the authorities might bring them back or they might find their way back and start doing stuff in america that would play to washington's uh narrative right of domestic extremist terrorism and white supremacy um sort of stuff so th that is another actual actually uh, as you as you explain uh, a scenario that uh, could be Feasible. All right, we're going to jump to our headlines real quick, Jose. Deadline. TNT Radio News. Big news. Yeah! Let's go! For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The first group of hostages was released from Gaza today, ending their 48-day captivity. This release is part of a ceasefire agreement between Israel and Hamas, which began this morning. The group includes children and a grandmother previously thought to have died. Oscar Pistorius, the disgraced South African Paralympian who murdered his girlfriend on Valentine's Day 10 years ago, was granted parole at a hearing on Friday and will be released. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
We are talking to Venezuelan-American Jose Nino, based in Texas. Uh, he's a freelancer. He's got his own podcast, uh, Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered, uh, and also uh, writes for a number of outlets. And uh, a piece that you recently wrote, I briefly commented on uh, a while back, assassin put up to target John Bolton was actually an FBI informant the hitman hired to target Bolton was an FBI informant um this was recently reported so again it's like the government is non-stop ginning up this this fear terror you know psyop narrative is like oh no uh you know the Iranians want to get John Bolton and then that boosts public opinion for war uh on Iran Meanwhile, everyone, and then this comes out that it's basically the government, the, the government probably went to, you know, one of these, these people that they use as, as FBI informants and said, hey, hey, make some statements, say you want to take out John Bolton. And then he does it. And then the government turns around and says, look, this guy tried to take out John Bolton. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. What, what do you make of the, the, this um, story and these sorts of tactics? Oh, yes, that's my initial impression as well, that this um, this whole assassination plot, I felt, was designed specifically to um, gin up potential tensions between the U.S. and um, and Iran. I That's just the way I see it. It's just like another way that the Iran hawks try to dial up tensions and find some type of pretext for attacking Iran. That's been part of their played out game for some time. And I'm not shocked that um that this was exposed as a fraud. But curiously, this really hasn't made much news. Like uh you don't hear it talked about in the conservative or even like the America First space. It's mostly the anti-war spaces that it's being talked about. But that's unsurprising because even in the America First movement, it's largely co-opted by a lot of Iran hawks and Zion pro-Zionist types. But um, this is like another case of where I think that these people are just becoming really desperate and they're grasping for whatever straw they could find to justify that. I think that's a good point because uh, it's like on the libertarian news, you know, antiwar.com, Scott Horton, Libertarian Institute, um, headlines, USA.com was Ken Silva it's 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 being brought up but you don't really come across it in the conservative news which is odd I yeah. think for, the for exactly for the reasons as you outlined and for me personally um you know I uh listeners know that I'm, I'm focused a lot on world government globalism the algorithm ghetto the technocracy but also false flag uh news especially if it's primary source material like no one can call us conspiracy theorists now the government here is ginning up these false flag type um, events, this should be big news. Because the more we talk about false flag operations, um, hopefully <laughs> the, the the sooner the public can um, get their heads around this the, these sort of tactics. But as you mentioned, they sort of like sweep it under, uh, under the rug. We've got a, a call, Jose, from Joe. What's happening, Joe? Hey guys, happy Black Friday from California, from uh, California's only sane, large urban center, San Diego. Just all the listeners out there, uh, we've got a Democrat mayor, very diverse urban city and everything's fine here. We don't have all that 
woke nonsense. We've got the taxes and all that stuff you guys don't like, but as far as general life here, our economy is booming, biotech, and everything's peaceful. We don't have all the break-ins like in L.A. and San Francisco, just, just so you guys and the listeners know. But um, I was calling about um, Iran. Uh, Charlie Robinson, in one of his recent podcasts, not on TNT, but on his own podcast, he brought up the SEO, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, I believe that's what it is. And he was claiming that it's similar to NATO in that if Iran is attacked, Russia and China would come to their aid. Is, is that true with that arrangement? In, in my view, I don't think, uh, I don't believe SCO is not, for now, SCO is economic. and Yeah, that's my impression as well. But I, I think lo uh, long term, I think they would like to make make it make uh, um, SEO like NATO long term, uh, I believe. But I think currently SEO would be economic. So I don't think I don't think it's it's not like the Eastern version of of NATO. But I think long term, that's their goal. I don't know what you th think, uh, Jose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's my impression as well. Uh, it largely focuses on economics and some nominal political statements, but I don't think it's reached the point where it's like a formalized um, ironclad military alliance structure. However, I do believe that if Iran were to be attacked, irrespective of like the SEO's development, um, that Russia will be involved to some extent uh, militarily because it has much stronger ties with Iran than China in that respect. Okay, and then theoretically, with Turkey being a part of NATO, if Israel attacked Turkey, how would that work? Would that be like, that's the asterisk in the agreement? Like, well, everything else but Israel. That, well, you know, we saw what happened with USS Liberty. That was swept under the rug. So it's really hard to say, you know, how the powers that be would react. We know they're very... Um, they nitpick right when that's the rules-based order it's we apply the rules when we want to so i don't know what you think jose um yeah that situation is interesting but i've always felt with respect to turkey and israel um that turkey tends to be all words but very little substance and if you talk to a lot of pro-palestinian people they'll tell you that as well because um erdogan will say a lot of things that'll be like very anti-israel but at the end of the day he doesn't really end up doing much and um it's also like pretty well known fact that a good deal of the turkish political class there is like pretty significant like cia involvement and penetration into it and i think if he were trying to pull a move like that i think he'd easily get cooed in many respects i mean the 2016 coup against him you could argue was largely due to the fact that turkey was using a very multi-vector foreign policy where it frightened many people in dc and london that turkey could be drifting outside of the nato orbit but remains to be seen um i think that right now these wars will turn into proxy type conflicts but um 
the one more uh one area where i do think that you could see a hot war genuinely kick off is um probably china because of just the fact that like that's what a good deal of the u.s national security establishment wants to kick off what about with all the millions of men willing to fight out of countries like Yemen and uh, Iran, but just the logistics of getting them towards Israel, you'd have to go through Syria. So, so would that just be all, uh, it's too hard to get those men up you know, to the West and into Syria? I mean, I, I don't see the political will there yet from the Arab um, you know, countries like uh, the, the ones that might support this sort of thing, whether it's Saudi Arabia. I mean, you see a lot of them. I mean, the, I was citing the article from Cradle recently that said, for now, you know, Saudi and UAE and others, um, you know, they paid lip service at the recent emergency summit. They paid lip service to Palestine, but they're they're still you know wanting to wheel and deal with. Um, Tel Aviv and 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 Brussels and, and and Washington. So I I feel like what you mentioned, Joe, it's like that that trigger. But I don't think we're there yet, you know. And, and unless someone blows up the Al Aqsa Mosque or something like that, I, I don't feel we're quite there. What do you think, Jose? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think where uh, the Houthis and whatnot could do damage, um is like around like the red sea against israel against like shipping there as opposed to like being um being like a ground invasion force right next to hamas against israel but um the thing about the israel iran conflict it's, it's such a proxy conflict at the end of the day that <clears throat> the only way i think the u.s gets involved in my opinion is if like you direct u.s military assets like around like Qatar, iraq or whatever do get attacked by iran which could provoke it or even like civilian infrastructure or whatever but i just don't really see it for the time being but i do think a republican presidential victory though in 2024 could increase that possibility though all right uh thanks joe for that and um maybe to switch over for a moment jose some of the stuff you've been commenting on other big news stories what's going on in ireland you wrote about the irish mma star conor mcgregor calling for war after migrant mass stabbing incident in ireland uh, that was uh, for bigleaguepolitics.com uh, where you write and it's getting pretty crazy uh now like in in Ireland now if you just complain about you know immigrants stabbing Irish children the Irish authorities are calling you now mm -hmm. you know far-right terrorist extremist um it's, it's just like bizarro world totally and it's you know I had on Hernando Arce yesterday who got arrested in San Antonio at the airport for documenting the same, you know, this how the authorities in America are bussing in illegally. They're violating the law and order uh, migrants into America and then calling law-abiding American citizens, arresting them, calling them criminals. In Ireland, the same thing. It's like good is bad and bad is good. What, what do you make this situation in Ireland? Oh, the situation in Ireland is particularly interesting because 
and it's it's all it, that country is facing a huge cost of living and even demographic crisis that is on par if not worse than a lot of european countries especially like to its other neighbor in the uk and a lot of this is immigration induced because people tend to forget that ireland um policymakers there have tried to position it as like a corporate kind of tax haven to draw in a lot of mega corporations and when you draw in mega corporations you um you naturally are going to attract a um a lot of migrants especially because these corporations are always looking for cheap labor and the same <laughs> type of corporate globalist forces that are ruining other western countries they're setting up shop in ireland and it's gone very culturally leftward in the last 20 years and like a, to a surprising degree because people tend to forget this in the 1990s Ireland had very strict pro-life laws and it was a fairly conservative country, but now it's just turned into another uh, multicultural cesspool before our eyes. And the Irish people are starting to wake up to this type of stuff. Some red lines uh, are being crossed. I like how you write that at this point, it makes more sense for Conor McGregor, who's past his MMA peak, to start pursuing a career in politics. His outsider energy is much needed in a corrupt, stagnant political environment like the one present in Ireland. Not a bad uh, idea. If there was any moment for someone like him to do it, it would be now, considering the folks, types of folks that we're getting in, outsiders, right? Like Donald Trump's and Javier Milei's, um, Zelensky's, right? Uh, actors as presidents. So, hey, uh, why not? Uh, we're going to jump to our break. Jose will be right back. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. A very interesting study has come out. The top 1% of wage earners in the world produce 99% of the emissions of CO2. Now, if CO2 were bad, that'd be a big problem. But it's not bad. But it's very interesting the way they came up with that. The number one producer of CO2 with 1.3 billion people is China. So the Chinese have to be consuming more CO2 than let's say the United States, and they do five to 10 times more. But that's interesting. Is this study saying that the average wage in China is higher than the average wage in the United States? I seriously doubt that. And the answer is not with CO2. It has to do with the system, the system of capitalism and freedom, which of course is being taken apart in the United States and other areas in the West versus the Chinese system. Now we continue to see China thumbing its nose at the rest of the world as they have produced 137 coal plants in the last two years and continue to build them like mad. And yet they say, Oh, well, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2050. By 2050? I thought the world's ending within 10 years. What good is carbon neutral by 2050? They're not going to be carbon neutral anytime in anyone's lifetime and likely in anyone's lifetime that has not been born yet. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. 
And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. You're with Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We're back. It's our final segment with Jose Nino, Venezuelan American analyst based in Texas. Check out Jose Nino Unfiltered. He's got a podcast. He does analysis, writes for big league politics and other uh, outlets. And maybe to get your thoughts on Millet, I was hanging out with some Mexicanos recently that were in Argentina. Um, and just fascinating that they're saying like the economic situation is horrible in Argentina. Um, you bring in dollars, everything is like a third of the price. If you've got dollars and you bring in dollars, uh, friend was telling me, you know, having a big, big fat yeah. steak and, and wine dinner, it's like 15 bucks, like dirt cheap. Uh, you know, if you're coming from, from outside, but for people living there, it's, it's oh, extremely, it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, and that he told me the initial reaction of being there on the ground that a lot of people were supportive of Millet. That he said they're just absolutely tired, tired of these idiots, uh, evil people running the Argentine government. Is I think many of us have this feeling all across the planet. It's like we're just sick and tired of these freaks <laughs> uh, stealing all of our money, um, allowing crime to run rampant. Um, and we'll take anything, you know, any out, out seeming outsider at this point. Uh, and so Millet, I think he just put out a press release today saying he wants to get rid of the central bank. And then we were discussing the pluses and minuses of dollarizing the Argentine economy. It's like, what's Argentina going to do? Ask the Federal Reserve, right? To be sending pallets of dollars. Um, but your, your thoughts on Millet. And he also said, I think they made a statement that Argentina will not be joining BRICS uh, either. So your, your thoughts on Millet and Argentina? Kind of a mixed bag. I think his domestic policies are pretty good. Um, I'm of the opinion that instead of dollarization, he should try to make Argentina like a hub for competing currencies, whether it's like precious metals, crypto, uh, whatever that should be the emphasis instead of attaching itself to the dollar because um i think that's going to restrict a lot of like the country's economic potential and especially with the u.s which i think is going to grow more unstable and really i think he just needs to focus on downsizing the state the only concerns i have about him is that his foreign policy is very DC oriented, and I have a bad feeling that his government will be focusing more on that as opposed to like getting things in order in Argentina, which it desperately needs to focus on. 
Yeah, a number of people that I talk to as well have that same feeling. Like there are pluses that he's gonna be contrarian on issues domestically, but he might be uh, just a vassal of Washington. Time will tell. Um, speaking of bricks, what do you make uh, of this story? I almost laughed out loud being reported that after Xi Jinping, um, after his visit to San Francisco, San Francisco is now falling back into drug use and homelessness. And so it's, I mean, it's just kind of comical. <laughs> Your thought on that? Um, that's like to be expected because they were just trying to increase the optics for that occasion. But San Francisco, it, like most cities in the U.S., like major cities, it's just going downhill. And you can't really have like a policy where you're just going to clean up these cities for a bit for whenever an important world functionary comes into town and then um expect that to be like the way the city's gonna be run for the rest of the year it's just like not realistic and there's like a clearly a systemic problem going there with the political class in san francisco um that's just like not serious about getting things right there but that's just like the current state of affairs in the U.S. at the moment. And any thoughts on on guns? I know you focus uh, on that a lot in in some of your uh, writing. I think you've got an ebook as well on guns. Um, I, this was also an interesting story. YouTuber booted from San Antonio gun buyback for buying firearms off people uh, in line. Brandon Herrera, firearms. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna guess if that was him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, three, three. He's got three million subscribers on YouTube. Uh, what, did, did you catch? It says the city offered people three hundred dollars for semi-automatic rifles, two hundred dollars for handguns, um, and I guess he was he was buying them uh, off of them. <laughs> Your yeah. Thoughts on that? Well, um, the gun stuff has been kind of quiet in terms of gun control proposals being put forward. However, I've been hearing a lot of cases now of all these small-time gun owners that are get, um, getting threats by the ATF to have their gun license um, removed. Like the, these store owners or people that sell guns from like their home, which is perfectly legal, by the way, um, having their licenses revoked owing to the Biden regime's um, – <clears throat> No uh, zero tolerance policy that has um, basically given um, ATF agents like the power to basically destroy a gun business just because this business did not do the proper paperwork and all of that jazz. That's funny. I was having a discussion about the pros and cons comparing America or United States and Mexico. Uh, for the end of the world as we know it, or the end of the world. <laughs> and someone brought up a point. If you're in rural United States, you can easily have legal firearms. And probably a lot of the people around you will have firearms. So you have a certain bulwark against, you know, any evil doers. Whereas in Mexico, it's not really not the case, uh, you know, where if you're out in rural Mexico, um it's more difficult to obtain legal firearms 
Uh, I mean, you could have illegal firearms. People do. Uh, yeah. But it, it'd be harder to protect yourself uh, against evil doers. So that that's a that's a thought. Um, you know, other stuff that you've been following. I know you had a chat you just published today. I'm I'm going to have to get him on. You've talked to him, I don't know how many times already, George. Yeah, uh, I think like four or five times now. Yeah. Samueli. And uh, I, I contacted him a few years ago and we never followed through. But, you know, any, you, you, we got a couple of minutes left. You know, thoughts on um, any other issues? Uh, the international order, Native American group sues NFL team owner over Redskins name change. I mean, the wokeism uh, is is yeah, continuing. So, yeah. Um. <clears throat> Oh, did you see that video of that former <clears throat> State Department official that was making all those really inflammatory anti-Palestinian remarks and how like um, the Biden regime's killing of, of like the, the Israeli regime's killing of like 4,000 Palestinian children wasn't enough? You see that vid? I, I got the short clip. I, I, you know, was the guy taken into custody or something? Uh so I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I know he lost like some uh, gigs that he's had um, for some time. But yeah, like that got pretty viral and it was like really unhinged. But I've been saying this for a while. A lot of these Zionist types, that's how they operate. They're nutcases. Well, you know who someone else who is unhinged that I had to unfollow? This guy called Dr. Eli, Eli David? Who's got almost oh half a man million. yeah he's got wow. almost half a million followers if if i i don't know i forget why i followed him in the re first place i think he was against covid and speaking the truth on covid if i'm not mistaken so he's good on that but it just seems he's gone completely unhinged um now just saying all sorts of things you know yeah. against the Ir irish related to the latest uh stabbing and it's just it's just interesting to see people come uh get uh unhinged and so <laughs> oh yeah i've seen yeah i've seen this really that's uh speaking of which i've seen this weird development where you have a lot of people that were good on covid and all that to just have become like totally unhinged uh zionists and whatnot with respect to this israel hamas conflict it's quite bizarre I mean, he, he just says, I'm getting on many messages saying I shouldn't ridicule Ireland because they have learned their lesson. Have they? He's, you know, posting images of Ireland on fire. Only a two state solution can bring peace to uh, Ireland. And um, again, you know, th there are interesting alt media personalities out there. Some I'm just using this as an example that people have asked me to get some of these folks on. And, you know, some of these I don't like to talk to people who are unhinged. You know, I can talk to people, yeah. I can talk to Marxists, I can talk to anyone as, as long as we're talking like this, but unhinged, it's like, take take, take, take it easy. 30 seconds left, uh, Jose, um, where do we go to find you again? Yeah, you can find me on Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered, josbcf.substack.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jose Al Nino. And if you want to check out my podcast, that's also on my Substack. It's the podcast is called El Nino Speaks. And you can also subscribe to El Nino Speaks on iTunes and Spotify. All right. Enjoy the Thanksgiving leftovers. We'll talk next week.
and I'll be back after the break. Mm -hmm. 